Welcome to Supply Chain Central, a podcast made by the Rutgers University Supply Chain Association, delivered to you monthly to keep you up to date on all things supply chain. Let's do it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 3 of the Supply Chain Central. Today's episode features Susan Panacek, a seasoned supply chain professional who is currently the director of Rutgers Strategic Sourcing. Susan is responsible for procuring cost-effective and quality goods and services from vendors for all three of Rutgers campuses in New Jersey. For reference to the scale of goods and service spend Susan is managing, Rutgers from June 2020 to June 2021 had supplies and service expenditure of $879 million. Susan, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm excited. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. So I guess to start with what a lot of our viewers are curious about, how you're at such a prestigious position, could you talk about the CV and your educational background that led you here? Yes. So um, it was quite a windy road um, that I've been on and uh, certainly never expected to to be here but I'm I'm really happy to be here at Rutgers University so I um, attended Rutgers University Douglas College and I started off with a thought to major in psychology and then after taking some courses decided to transition to more of a math focus Um, college was very um, much more difficult for me than I thought it was going to be because I had an easy time in high school and and through those years and I found it very difficult to transition to college so I took a year off from school to get myself some time to refocus and during that time I signed up with a temp staffing agency so I was working a few different uh, short-term assignments and then I was placed in a temp to hire type role at Merck Pharmaceuticals in Somerset uh, and really enjoyed what I was doing there I was supporting the construction and engineering uh, service needs so I was helping to process requisitions from the engineering department to support them with the construction providers and engineering firms and so I I really enjoyed the work enjoyed the people and ended up being there for a good year and a half and during that time I had refocused and uh, went back to Rutgers at night to continue to pursue ultimately a degree in philosophy and so then during that time the position that I was a temp in opened up full-time I interviewed and was offered and accepted that job and so that started my career at Merck back in uh, 97 or 98 and then through the next 22 years I spent my time at Merck in various areas of procurement supporting all sorts of categories of spend so environmental and waste um, seconded services which is temp staffing lab supplies and lab equipment I also worked on implementing our purchasing system so we were changing from 
the um, the Wang system to an SAP uh, ERP, and so that was really exciting because I got to learn the system of of purchasing and learn um, about customer service and then working with IT on IT projects because I would be a point person to um, receive any enhancements or change requests based on our end user feedback as we were first deploying the system, right? And then I would report back to IT at Merck to say, hey, we need this. So a lot of project management um, went into that and um, organization, uh, communication and training is something else that I was getting myself involved in that role as well. And then I also had the opportunity to work as a change leader. So Merck and Sharing Plow had, um, well, Merck acquired Sharing Plow. And so then I was focused on supporting a lot of the blending of the two companies purchasing groups into the new company as one organization. And then um, nearing the end of my uh, career at Merck, I was responsible for developing the third party compliance and risk program. So looking at labor and human rights, financial stability, data and privacy, um, so that was pretty pretty exciting working a lot with our legal group and HR and environmental health and safety and uh, finally had finished a, um, my last position there was global lead for research so I was supporting all of our global all of our sites around the globe for uh, lab supplies and research service and equipment needs um, so I think at that point I was really looking to do something different. I was missing um, the people, uh, energy, and culture because working at, in such a large organization and supporting global, um, it was a lot of Zoom calls or team calls and I really missed interacting live and being able to see the benefits of the company I was working for or the, the results of my efforts. And so I was doing a lot of soul searching for a few years and knew I didn't want to just go to a different pharmaceutical or a large company and had always uh, and still have a, a soft spot for Rutgers having graduated from Rutgers. Um, and being living close to Rutgers, staying engaged with Rutgers activities, this position of strategic sourcing director opened up. Mm -hmm. And so I applied, was offered, and accepted the position. And so I've been here about three and a half years. Wow. Yeah, that's an incredible story. It's, um, so you had so much success in work. Was there anything that you would say, like typical soft skills or hard skills that you had that allowed you to achieve such success with them and eventually end up here? So I was very fortunate, uh, Merck, um, with with my career at Merck uh, to learn so much from other people from the training curriculums that they had um, I think being extremely responsible um, and having follow-through uh, really really helped me um, 
as well as just always being inquisitive and just thinking more from a process improvement mindset. Like, how can I be better? How can I help this process be better, right? Identifying like problem areas, um, opportunities to streamline, and just wanting to constantly learn. And so I think just being sort of that mindset helped me in my journey going into all of those different roles and being able to operate um, with those transition needs. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, that really makes you, uh, especially you talked about you were a, a project manager almost at a lot of points. So I'd imagine you have to operate with uncertainty and be able to, your inquisitiveness, you bridge those gaps between what do I know now and what do I need to know. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Interesting, very interesting. And then um, what would, uh, what in your time at Merck, I know you had been in a lot of different departments, but most of them did involve something with strategic sourcing. What was the simplest yet surprisingly most difficult item or service to source for Merck? Um, yeah, I certainly had a lot of experiences. Uh, I would say that recycling solvent so um, bucketed in like environmental and waste management category of spend, a pharmaceutical company and manufacturing and research, they're going to have waste streams, right? And so they would have huge tanker trucks, right? That you see driving up and down the highways filled of waste, right? So you can't just throw that away or you know put it down the drain. So we would need to send it to a company that would take the solvent and run it through a process to be able to glean out the primary chemical that was in that waste stream. And then we would buy that solvent back, that recycled, recovered solvent, instead of buying new. So while that's a simple concept, it's extremely um, rigorous from environmental and health mm -hmm. and safety perspective. Um, a lot of detail around quality. So we would have to give the company our spec as to we, we need this isopropyl alcohol, IPA, to meet this specific spec. So they would get it, they would have to clean it, right, get it out of the waste uh, stream, and then they would test it to make sure it matches the spec that we need it returned to us at. Mm -hmm. And then we would get it back and test it and then be able to use it again in our process. Oh, wow. Mm. And then so it's like an ongoing loop because you would yeah. use it again, then you send it back for them to clean it? Yeah. Wow. Did you ever, were you ever tasked with considering insourcing that function for Merck? Had they ever debated doing that themselves, or was that a, a very yeah. far off thought? No, I don't. I don't recall that being considered. I think, you know, we we had a good setup. We had a facility actually that was pretty close to our facility, so it wouldn't have to travel much either. Mm -hmm. um, and and they were quite the experts oh, in yeah. in that process. So that was really very cool. Um, and that's what I enjoy about like procurement and sourcing is that you get to learn about all of these sort of behind the scenes uh, efforts that happen to just make companies or, you know, our world run. 
Mm, 100%. Were you ever daunted by having to delve into something that wasn't exactly your wheelhouse, like uh, dealing with the science or learning about engineering specs? Did that ever scare you at all, or were you, did you kind of embrace that? Yeah, so I think um, it, it probably was concerning at some point to me, and then I learned you know, I guess getting back to your your earlier question about like soft skills, right? I I learned to recognize like what I know and what I don't know, and then be able to partner with say my business stakeholders, whether the you know the researchers, the scientists, to lean on them to say, hey, you know, what do you need here, right? I own my space of sourcing. I've got the sourcing methodology down and I'll facilitate you through that process, but I need you to tell me what are the specs that you need for this pipe header that you're using in the lab or the specs you need on your recovered solvent, right? So um, I was just always able to, I think, also because I'm inquisitive and I, and I truly listen and want to learn and understand, um, I think I was able to build a lot of positive, uh, strong relationships with my business stakeholders and even with the suppliers as well. Because also suppliers you'll need to rely on too because, um, you know, they're the experts in, in their industry and they also know like what's going on in the world, right, for their industry. So they can be able to and should really be coming back to you um, to to inform you as to what's the new technology, what are the new products, what's up and coming, mm. right? Because you want to have first dibs on that, mm. right? If you're a valued customer of that supplier, because that helps you be out in front. Mm -hmm. You both go, yeah. Very, right? I guess a good supplier should be mutualistic, right? Yes. Mm. Yes. Well, it makes a lot of sense. So how has the transition been from private private pharmaceutical strategic sourcing to now public higher academic strategic sourcing. Has yep. that been a, an interesting transition? It's been very interesting. Um, it's very, very different mm -hmm. and in a good way, right? And that is what I wanted. I wanted a change. Um, so, so I'd say that um, a, a lot of the differences will come from, I guess, the business model. Right, so like higher ed isn't you know an out for profit revenue generating uh, entity, right? The pharmaceutical industry has been very competitive, always has been by the nature of what they do. They're very regimented, also by the nature of what they do, right? You're taking, you know, putting foreign stuff into your body, so it has to be very regulated and very revenue driven. So because of that there's a lot of focus on the bottom line and there's a lot of rigor around the processes, the procedures, standardization is a must. Um, and, and also they're very focused on the research, right? So whether it's oncology or something like that, it's very focused. So now here coming to Rutgers University, a higher ed institution, um, it's, it's really n not a profit driving entity right? Their focus is educating and being um, the best educator, right? They want people to come here. They are focused on research, but the research is so vast, right? So it could be research in engineering or technology or politics or mental health in addition to, you know, some chemical or biological type 
research. Um, and then it's also about the community here because Rutgers being so large, it has, you know, it, it's focused on the state of New Jersey and beyond, right? Um, so, so it's very vast and because of just that shift, um, it's, it's a very different culture for me to um, be accustomed to. Mm. Um, but it's all very good. It's a lot of people focus and I love the energy that, you know, we have the entire procurement group here in one place. Mm. Um, so it's a lot of interacting with people. And I remember you had said that was part of, too, what became a little difficult about Merck being a global leader is that uh, you lost that face-to-face -face interaction. Yes. So that must be very nice. For all our listeners, too, for anyone at Rutgers, Rutgers is a nucleus of finance outside of their own campus that is a powerhouse of its own right. But um, talking about Rutgers and their business model, I guess what becomes so important about your job is that uh, we still, in all, even though we're nonprofit, our university tries to have a profit every year. Absolutely. And... Um, has it also been stimulating managing the breadth of all the different activities that you're talking about with Rutgers? I know uh, we had talked about this before. Fun might not be the word, but would you say there's more stimulation with all these new things? Yeah, so I think it, I, I think it is very exciting, and I'm still learning. I've been here for three and a half years now, and I'm still learning like what all Rutgers does. Um, and so why that's important for me to you know, be aware is because my group is responsible for procuring those uh, goods and services for the university and ensuring that they have the products that they need when they need them um, or the services and ensure that the suppliers are providing and delivering above or beyond their contract mm -hmm. with us. And um, so we cover everything from all the facilities, dining services, athletics type purchases, uh, to IT and telecom, business and professional services, research and healthcare, uh, including uh, dental, right? So the university um, provides dental services, right? So, you know, where are you able to, like some requests that we got, we, we met um, when we were walking through the um, floor, uh, Trish who manages PCARD, um, she got a request to purchase worms right so we're purchasing worms right we're purchasing um, a motorcycle battery for some testing in like the engineering department right and then um, of course we're we're purchasing all the stuff to keep operations going right you know mm -hmm. laptops the software and projectors that are used for you know classes so yeah it is it is very fun I think it's it's challenging to try to, you know, the end users come to you to say, hey, I need to purchase this. How do I do it? Mm -hmm. Right? And we go out and we, you know, source viable uh, suppliers. You guys cover everything, too. That is, uh, that's amazing to think about the scale of what you're covering. And then from there, you get to know a little bit about it, learn about it, meet yep. the suppliers. Yep. It does seem very stimulating. So could you walk us through a high-level view of what your day-to-day -day or week-to-week -week work life looks like as the uh, director here? Yeah, so um, it's, it's a lot of everything. Uh, we work very closely with uh, the various entities 
within procurement. So within procurement, we have the procurement help desk, we have vendor management, we have business analytics, we have uh, travel and expense management, we have the accounts payable and invoice processing, and the buyer team. And so within strategic sourcing, um, you know, one day could be helping to assist the help desk because they got a case about uh, a supplier performance or, you know, not being able to get a certain item from any of our contracted suppliers. So what's the, the next step, right? What do you do there? Um, it could also be with helping to resolve invoice exceptions. So if a supplier invoiced us at a different price than what we've contracted with them for. So it could be working on resolving that. Uh, could just be general, um, you know, getting ready to put bids together and doing some market intelligence. A lot of data analysis happens, um, so so that's a big piece of it, looking at data, spend trends, looking at proposals that come back from a sourcing effort. Um, it's a lot of meetings. Um, so whether it's meeting with stakeholders, meeting with suppliers, we'll hold business reviews. So whether it's on a quarterly basis or once or twice a year, um, what else? Tracking savings, so we're rolling out a, a cost savings program, and so we're, um, you know, working as a, a group to just go through the way that we calculate savings and how we're reporting them. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're starting to use. Uh, we're part of the Big Ten, right? So mm -hmm. a lot of the times people equate you know, the Big Ten to sports, right, athletics. But it's also very great for the university as a whole because of uh, you have this broader network of colleagues to connect with. So whether it's also in the research area or us in the finance area and procurement and sourcing. Um, so we meet with, I meet with um, the Big Ten Academic Alliance. And so it's comprised of other procurement professionals at the other Big Ten schools. And we talk about um, various topics, um, suppliers that are shared. You know what, actually that's something that I really love about higher ed. So I'm going off a bit on a oh, tangent. No, so this is fascinating. I never <laughs> knew they had a met in this capacity. I would assume yeah. In, yeah, universities are very closed, but wow, this is No, they're very open, and that's what I love about higher ed. It is such a welcoming environment. So, so we, because we're all with the shared mission, right, of helping with education and fostering research. Um, and so, yeah, so we'll, we'll share. We, we partnered to put together a um, system to track cost savings. And so now the Big Ten has shared with each other um, a single system that each of our uh, sourcing groups use to track and report savings. I would have never thought that the schools actually, that beyond play, you know, academic associations, that actually their financial departments would meet. Wow. Yes, hmm. it's very cool. Yep. Would you say that uh, does Rutgers have the best uh, financial and sourcing department? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> hmm. Wow, that is fascinating, though. So then, I guess uh, is part kind of in line with that question. Has it been a, a favorite part of your job when you've assembled and met with teams? And I know a lot of these big projects, I'd imagine you can't totally see them through yourself. Have you enjoyed that part of your job where you've moved from beyond task performance, really, to task assignment? 
so um yeah there's there's a lot with regards to trying to um either delegate assignments or um simply assign the tasks um I think what, what I personally enjoy, and it seems to resonate well with uh, the team members here, are having like work sessions, mm. right? So we'll get together as a group and go through, like my team just met yesterday to review our sourcing tracker. So on this Excel sheet, I maintain a list of all of our sourcing efforts that either we've just been informed um, need to happen because a business stakeholder came to us and said, hey, we've got you know a need for a new good or service, or we know that we have a contract ex expiring, so we need to go put it back out to bid. Our contracts typically run maybe three to five years, mm -hmm. give or take. Um, and then we'll just meet as a group on a monthly basis and we'll review and everyone will give an update for their respective sourcing events and we'll just see it through from the very beginning through to when it's been awarded and so I find that that really works well um, to be able to have that kind of um, sort of informal um, and very collaborative style of review sessions mm -hmm. and and it also serves as a way so that everyone within the group can be aware of what each other's work um, is mm -hmm. and there could be then opportunities for sharing of best practices or lesson learned or sharing tips and tricks mm -hmm. oh, that makes a lot of sense a, a very good informal way almost like a study session for uh, for your team actually to just yeah. get on the same page yeah so exactly makes a lot of sense so uh, talking about your role in the strategic sourcing process which part would you say is your favorite so my favorite part um, of the sourcing process or my role? I guess either or, honestly, because I know your role does go now more and more that I hear beyond just strategic sourcing itself, but uh, either or, I guess. Yeah. So, so I really enjoy the execution of part of the awards. Mm -hmm. So once a sourcing effort has been completed, awarded, and contract signed, um, I really enjoy getting the communications out to the stakeholders, meeting with stakeholders, setting up times for the supplier to come present on their capabilities, introduce themselves. Um, I enjoy meeting all the stakeholders at the university and learning, you know, what they do, a bit about what they do um, and, you know, their role here at Rutgers and how then my group and I can best support them to be efficient and, and um, cost-effectively managing their budgets, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I also like educating them on what procurement is about and like the whole sourcing process, mm -hmm. right? Because it's not always about just the lowest priced bid. Mm -hmm. um, so we have an acronym that we use. So um, some people say it as RACSI. So it's R-A-Q-S-C-I. R-A-Q-S-C-I. So it stands for R, Regulatory, 
any regulatory requirements. So this is how we build our business requirements, right? So, um, and they can all be weighted differently depending on whatever the good or service mm -hmm. is that's being purchased. And it's really based on the stakeholders input, mm -hmm. right? Relying on those experts. Mm -hmm. So R for regulatory, A for assurance of supply, Q for quality, um, S for service, C for cost, and I for innovation, right? So again, it's not about um, awarding to the lowest price bidder, it's about who's giving the total value, best value package mm -hmm. to Rutgers, right? So we don't wanna just buy a cheapy something and then it lasts us, you know, short period of time. And the supplier disappears too. Right, yeah. yeah. That makes a lot of sense, I and mean, then cost is actually the second to last one there. Yeah, so those are just an easy acronym. So when we build our sourcing events, we'll put together a an evaluation scorecard, and we'll have the um, team of stakeholders put an, a weighting for each of those categories. So in some cases, maybe cost is the biggest, and they'll rate it as 50-60%. Um, maybe um, customer service or quality is going to be, you know, outweighing the cost component in certain functions, right? I think a challenge right now is around temp staffing, and so especially in the locum tenens or healthcare arena, um, it's it's been a depleted industry, right? And therefore, you know, cost you know, we'll have to pay the extra cost to get someone good in, mm. right? Sense. So that's an example of where, you know, that'll be modulated on every event. Mm. Makes a lot of sense. And then I'd imagine too, I guess in your time in the pharma industry, those goods really were much heavier on the first side of your acronym. Really, they had to be regulated very well. And absolutely, absolutely, mm. yep. Mm. That's fascinating. Would you say, are there any stakeholders that are, uh, are more difficult to work with at Rutgers? Or are there any, I guess, not as stakeholders themselves, but natures of Rutgers procurement that are a little bit more difficult to source for? Mm. So I think always like when you get into a scenario where there's just a sole, sole source where there's no one else that makes or provides that good or service, that's where it becomes difficult or, you know, you lose your leverage and so you'd really just try to focus on some of the other aspects of that total value package. Um, I think uh, that that presents, you know, a big challenge. Um, you know, certainly if there's, you know, a certain area that maybe doesn't have a good understanding or maybe had a bad experience in the past, um, you'll have to really just work with that person to rebuild the relationship and, and the confidence in what, you know, your group and yourself can bring to them. Mm. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Interesting. So then uh, for Rutgers themselves, is there anything unexpected goods or service higher education institutions you find spend a lot of money on that you weren't expecting? Or uh, So <laughs> I think like the bus system. Really? So that's something unique and Rutgers has like one of the largest bus systems. Is it true? I once heard that if Rutgers was considered a city, they'd have the 25th largest bus network in the that, United States. That um, is quite believable. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
and that's a big spend area and certainly very important to you know the the lifeblood of of what the university is about being so spread out yeah. right so then you guys not only must have to manage the acquisition of the buses, which are pretty large capital assets that are, I'd imagine a big part of the, not a huge part of the books, but a significant line Absolutely. Item. And then managing the maintenance of them, the employee and personnel who work for them too. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like not, not something I immediately thought about, but certainly, yeah, of course makes sense. But yeah, that's. I, wow, yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that either, but now the moment I'm realizing, yeah, that must be a, Quite a few dollars go to that endeavor. Hmm. Yep. So I guess a little more fun nature of questions. Being a Rutgers alumni, what's your favorite part about being with the university again? Um, I just I have a, a great, even a greater sense of pride. Um, I just really value the the mission of the university. Right. So it's it's three points around the education the research and community. Um, that really resonates with me. Um, I enjoy, like you said, like being like its own sort of big city metropolis. Um, there, there's just a lot of passion and camaraderie with all the Rutgers people. Um, running into colleagues at a football game, or you know just having some extra pride driving down the road and seeing the block r magnet mm -hmm. um and i mean rutgers is i i didn't realize this until joining as an employee that rutgers has presence in all 21 counties of really? the state of new jersey yeah so i mean it's it's pretty cool my gosh i had never even known that either wow yeah Yep. We are a giant, and yeah, you're part of that. You'd be a big, uh, one of the nucleuses of the many different brains that works and thinks for this giant. Wow. Yeah. So then what would you say to all of our Rutgers students now listening who are aspiring procurement professionals? What could they do now as sophomores and juniors or even freshmen to jumpstart a career in procurement? So I think that um, really honing in on some like core competencies around data analytics communications right so interpersonal um, emotional intelligence right that's really important um, and project management right also being sure that you have a good sense of technology and um, a continuous improvement mindset because with technology I mean we're we're seeing changes right we use um, the ERP system for publishing our catalog so um, once we execute a contract we put the pricing into our purchasing system so that end users can go purchase the goods at the contracted price right in the purchasing system. I see that there's going to continue to be a lot more advancements with technology and supporting whether the the data side of things, the actual purchasing workflow, um, and really you don't have to be an expert in any one particular area, 
right? We talked about earlier, like you can learn that, you can leverage your stakeholders. So don't let any of that, you know, concern you. Um, you know, purchasing supply chain, that's important for any sort of entity. And having those fundamentals that I just talked about, um, you'll be successful no matter where you go. And as much as possible, tap into the career services here at Rutgers, sign up for a Handshake account. Um, so there you can look for internships, externships, part-time jobs, whether it's during winter break, um, the summer. Um, we, we also post, right? So procurement posts for interns. I have a student worker um, who is actually studying abroad and she's working part-time for uh, my group and I've had uh, interns here and we've had interns throughout procurement, student workers, um, we've, we've hired people after graduation and we ask our suppliers to support us with that as well. I remember actually in some of our larger supplier contracts too, like in the years where, um, I don't know if you have any familiar with this, like when we make Pepsi and Coke bid against each other, that um, they usually too, that's part of their contract, that they'll give our students jobs. But that's, exactly, uh, yes. And we are, we are working to have the suppliers report to us during their business reviews as to what kind of metrics, how many students they're hiring and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Rutgers students are very fortunate. So then one final question as far as looking to the future. What do you see as the biggest upcoming paradigm shifts in the work performed by professionals in procurement, as well as the nature of simply acquiring frequent and substantial goods and services in the B2B realm? Yeah, so um, I think these, like, a real-time marketplace being built into the purchasing system or and or like workflow of requisitioners. So what I mean by that is um, leveraging technology to put suppliers for these routine goods and even services into um, the purchasing platform so that when an a business area needs to purchase that good or service, they would just go right in there, similar to like an Amazon. Mm right so there you could just go out to this Amazon like uh, platform and be able to look for what you need and make sure is it the price that you're able to pay um, is it the right packaging size is it a pack of three is it a case what have you um, and is it going to be available for the time that you need it and being able to see all of that and be able to com compare and compete suppliers real time right there and hold them to being indeed the most competitive. Mm -hmm. And so we're starting to do that a bit here, so it's pretty exciting um, in our research and healthcare space. Oh, wow. Yep. So I think it's cutting edge stuff, and um, so that's, that's what's really exciting too. So it definitely goes in line with what you had spoke of before, I guess, as a student. Even if you might not know how to build the database, you should definitely make sure you know how to use it. Yeah. Wow, fascinating. Hmm. So, Susan, thank you so much. You've given us so much good information. Is there anything that you'd like to leave our viewers with before we end this episode? Um, I would just say um, just always be um, 
in an exploratory mindset, uh, nothing nothing is forever, good or bad. Um, and so just continue to pursue like what makes you happy and interested. Make sure you're doing um, what you enjoy with people that um, are enjoyable to be around. And you know, if you need to course correct, you course correct because you know, like I said, nothing's forever and um, you wanna just keep moving on your path. A lot of sense. I just really appreciate you offering the opportunity to me. I think it's a, a really great, great opportunity that you have here. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been an amazing interview, and I hope our viewers at home, I know they're going to get a lot out of this, and I'm sure uh, they'll be better off for their next interview in procurement. All right. So thank you so much, Susan. Thank you so much, James. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Supply Chain Central. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at Rutgers Ruska and follow us on Spotify to know when new episodes are posted. That's a wrap.